everybody. Welcome to the Awaiting Christ podcast. So, obviously, I've taken a little bit of a hiatus. It's kind of been off again, on again over the last several months. It's because I've been kind of struggling with how this podcast is going to be, what I would like for it to be, what I'm interested in, and realistically just learning about myself that I'm not the most creative person I thought I was. Coming up with ideas I found to be incredibly challenging. Video editing I found incredibly challenging. So I took a little bit of time off to just kind of chill out and kind of get some direction, get some feedback, get some thought, get some prayer into action, and ask the Lord, where should I go with this? And I was actually woken up by a dream where this is what I realized I needed to do. I needed to just go back to free form, meaning not having a script, and then just talking. Because let's face it, that's what podcasts are. Joe Rogan, who has the biggest podcast in the world right now, at least as far as I last heard, he just gets on the air and he may have questions he wants to ask his guest, but he doesn't necessarily have a series he's going through. He doesn't necessarily sit there and have a script he's going through that I'm aware of. He'll just sit there and talk and just have conversations with people. Obviously, I'm not having conversations here, but I'm just freeform talking as it comes to my mind. I am open to doing collaborations with other people, with other podcasters in the future. Things are coming up in my personal life, however, to where I'm not sure if that's going to be 100% feasible often, but I wouldn't mind doing it. I would like to do it, and in the future that I kind of see my, my life going and where I see the Lord taking my life is that I probably definitely will be working in collaboration with other people. The ministry is all about people, for God so loved the world, right? And then he sent out workers of the harvest to go work the fields of the for the harvest. That is, we go out, we share the word of Christ, we bring people hopefully to Jesus Christ, we help them to see the light of the gospel, and then we reach the ends of the earth with his message until he comes. That is the whole concept and idea for this podcast and why I chose the name Awaiting Christ, because we are constantly in expectation that the Lord will collect his church in any moment, but we quote-unquote, occupy until he comes. That means we keep working until he comes. So what I would like to discuss today is something that I was thumbing through a book that I have on my bookshelf, and I was like, you know what? That's great. That is great to cover because a lot of people will use this particular excuse to not come to Christ, to not come to church, to not even open up the Bible, and that is, I don't want to become a Christian, or I don't want to read the Bible, or I don't want to go to church because they're all a bunch of hypocrites. I heard that all my life when I was an unbeliever. I even used it all the time myself. And of course, nobody likes a hypocrite. Nobody likes to be postulated towards, to be preached towards, to be told, this is how you're supposed to live. And then come to find out they aren't doing that very thing. Okay. And here's the thing, folks. I'm going to go into why that's everybody. And that we should forgive each other. And that Jesus forgives us of what we do, right? So I'm going to just jump right into it. My proof text that I'm going to use today is going to be in Romans chapter 7. Because to be quite honest, I don't want to do anything in this podcast that isn't rooted in the Word of God. And I believe the Bible is the Word of God. I don't believe it contains the Word of God. That's a slippery slope, in my opinion, to a lot of bad things. I believe it is the Word of God. 
And I could go into that. And I do have a podcast about that already. It's called, What Does the Bible Say About the Bible? And I started out a series that way because I was going to, obviously, that was going to be my foundation. What does the Bible say about various topics? So what I want to talk about today, like I said, is the idea of hypocrisy. So in chapter 7 of the book of Romans, verse 15 And it says, for I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but the very thing I hate. How many of you, Christian or not, have sat there and done something and you're like, why did I do that? I guarantee you every single person out there has done something and they immediately go, oh, I wish I hadn't said that. Did you know you were being a hypocrite? Seriously, let's think about that for a second. Let's say you you responded in anger. You had a flash of anger and you responded. Many married couples do this because we get extremely comfortable with our spouses. They know us through and through. We know probably that they're going to forgive us for what we do. So I think subliminally, deep down, we know that we can act in various ways with our spouse. We would not dare act that way with other people because we don't know them. We don't know what their actions would be like. We know our spouses and we know that they would probably react a particular way towards us, right? Even if you espouse to loving the person you're with and you don't treat them with love, you then, good sir, good ma'am, good person, are a hypocrite. And so realistically, you're no different from any other Christian in the world who may Anger is probably the easiest thing for everybody to relate to. Every single one of us struggles with anger. Every single person. It doesn't matter what walk of life you're from. doesn't matter what culture you're from. doesn't matter what country you're from. Right? We all struggle with anger. We all get angry. We all feel like we've been wronged in various forms or fashion. So that is probably the absolute easiest thing for everybody to relate to and for everybody to go, yeah, you know, there have been times when I've lost my cool and I've yelled at my kid. I've yelled at my, um, maybe my subordinates at work. Maybe I yelled at my, my spouse and I did something I didn't want to do or that I just got carried away with. That is a common term. I got carried away and did X, Y, and Z. So guess what? You've now joined the rank of the hypocrites. And that's not necessarily a condemning thing that I'm trying to tell you. What I'm trying to tell you is that human beings in general are hypocrites. Every single person out there. Every single person will end up doing something they say they don't believe in. Because guess what, folks? We're human. And I've got a more biblical answer for that. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Right Again, the book of Romans is a great book about Christianity 101. It is the fundamentals of the Christian faith. And realistically, I believe it is the fundamentals of true biblical Judaism. There's no, That's another video for another day, and I made videos like that. Regardless, folks that want to use the idea that, well, I don't want to go to church because it's filled with hypocrites. Well, you know, if that's your standard, you may not want to work where you do. You may not want to go to the gym where you do. You may not want to have the friends that you do. Because I guarantee you, at some form or another, at some time or another, those same people have been hypocritical. It's a human thing. It is not a church or a Christian thing. It's not a religious thing. It is a human thing. 
We are all a bunch of hypocrites, right? So how does this relate to the Christian faith, though, you may be asking? I'm sitting here pointing the finger everywhere. How is this helpful? What are we going to do about it, right? I can sit here and say, I'm better than all of you, and I've got all this figured out, and you just need to follow my lead. That's not what I'm here to do. What I'm here to do is to say what we should do. I'm going to just address it to the Christians, and realistically, it does relate to people in general as well. Because I've now made the case that all are hypocrites, and to be quite honest, if you say that's not true, I challenge you to go look at yourself, and I look at the lives of others, look at your friends, look at your family, and you'll probably see that I'm right. Okay, So, biblically, going back to what the Bible says, there was at one point Peter was asking Jesus a question about the concept of forgiveness, right? Because he basically just told, Jesus rather, just told the disciples what they should do when their brother sins against them. So in Matthew chapter 18, starting in verse 15, it says, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. And if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen to the even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile or tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. So, what Jesus is talking about here is the concept, realistically, of church discipline. How we in the church are to basically handles, handle matters within our own congregations, our own body of believers, instead of parading them in front of the world and really bringing a bad testimony to Jesus Christ. So, that prompted Peter, Lord, in verse 21, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? So I remember one pastor preaching about this one time. And it's it's amazing the things you remember. But I remember this pastor saying that basically Peter thought he was being remarkably generous. So it's like, okay, I'm going to forgive my brother seven times, but the eighth time he's done, right? But um, surely the Lord's going to say, no, it's going to be something a lot lower because obviously they were used to the law of Moses. They were used to dealing with things a certain way. Jesus probably told him something remarkably surprising. In verse 22, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Or some translations say 70 times seven. So it's not on the 78th time or the 491st time that you're to get, throw them and cast them away. This was a Jewish idiom that meant unlimited, 70 times seven. God loves numbers. He's very much a numbers God. He is all about numerology. I'm not gonna go into all that, but there are definitive typologies in the scriptures where numbers are definitively in play and numbers do mean something. Seven is the number of perfection. It's the number of God. Seventy, I believe, is the number of administration. So it's like when Eve says 70 times seven in some translations, that means unlimited. So what does that mean for us? Let's go over to the book of Colossians in chapter three. I'm going to start in verse 12 because it's kind of a um, basically a full sentence there. It says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, 
compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Now let's talk about that application. What does that mean? So obviously, whenever we sin, the scripture says, if anyone does sins, uh, if they're faithful to confess their sins, then they are purified from all unrighteousness, right? First John chapter 1, verse 9 through chapter 2, verse 1, right? So if we confess our sins, we know that God will forgive us, right? So you then are to forgive others. Let that sink in for a moment. So somebody's a hypocrite towards you. Somebody says something, somebody responds to you in anger, somebody went back on their word, somebody um, did whatever. You are to forgive them. Now, obviously, this is directed to Christians. No Christian is perfect. We're all here still in the flesh. It doesn't matter about perfection. We're striving towards the perfect, but we are not yet perfected. That's another podcast for another day. So. Whenever you find yourself sitting there going, I don't want to become a Christian because of all the hypocrites, guess what? You're also in the club. But the cool thing is, is that within Christ, within the church, within Christianity, what we're supposed to be doing for each other is forgiving each other. That is the ideal that Jesus set up. A lot of people don't necessarily like the teachings basically about that Jesus taught about hell and him being the only way to eternal life unto the Father. But he did teach a lot of great things, a lot of great other things. And we're taught to forgive each other unlimited times when we're hypocritical towards each other. Everyone is a hypocrite. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that always brings me to the point in the podcast where I always want to tell you the entirety of the reason that I do this, that anybody in any church does this. And I want you to listen to that in the next segment coming up. At this point in the podcast, I want to reach out to you. And if you have never done so, if you have never entered into a saving relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to do that today. All you need to do is believe. Believe that Jesus is who he said he was. He was God in the flesh. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Confess him as Lord. And the Bible says that you will be saved if you do that. If you truly believe in your heart that he is who he said he was and that he did exactly what he said he would do for you, you will be saved. It is simply that easy. A lot of people say prayer, prayer. And that's great to confess and put your mind and heart and everything through a process, if you will, to embody what has already taken place in your heart. By simply praying, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. And now I confess you as Lord. Please take control of my life, and I want to follow you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. That's all you need to do. And your life will change. Your life will change not so much materially, not so much in terms of the world, 
but your life will change in your standing before God in that you may know that you can have eternal life. The Apostle John wrote that when he was penning 1 John. He said, I write these things to you that you may know that you have eternal life. Not that you can hope, not that you can wonder, but so that you can know. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast.